Welcome back to another Woman Crush Wednesday episode. Today I sat down and had an amazing chat with Rachel Hosey. This is the longest podcast I have done so far, but I swear I could have talked to her all day long. She's a senior lifestyle reporter and a fitness columnist for Insider based in London. She pretty much covers all things fitness, nutrition, health, a little bit of travel, and of course, food. She's a fitness fanatic. I absolutely love talking to her. And if you do enjoy this podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it on your story and tag us both. I've put her Instagram name in the description. So check her out and send some love her way. Without further ado, let's get started. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another Fit for Life with Julie podcast today. I'm super excited because I have my friend Rachel, who I'm chatting with all the way in the UK. Hi, Anjuli. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. It is such a massive time difference here. It's 5 a.m. What time is it there? 4 p.m. the day before. Yeah, it's just crazy, but I'm so glad that we could make this work. So before we even get started into any of the many ways that we could take this podcast and this chit chat, I would love for you to just explain who you are, where you're from, how you got into what you're doing right now. Yeah, sure. Um, So I am a journalist for insider.com and I specialize in fitness and nutrition and general health and well-being. Um, I've been here for uh, two and a half years now and my career has always been in lifestyle journalism and I've sort of gradually specialized in the health and fitness beat but I've, I've kind of always covered uh, lifestyle topics like uh, food, travel, relationships, fashion, um, all the fun stuff um, and I was at the Telegraph at the start of my career and um, then went to the independent. I actually didn't study journalism at uni. I studied French and German, so I loved languages, but I knew I wanted to be a journalist from about the age of 14 or 15. And so I was like, very keen. I just did endless internships in student journalism and started a blog when I was 17. And it was just like, I, I knew I had to go through all the studying and yeah, it was cool and fun to go to uni and it was fun doing my year abroad and learning the languages. But really, I just wanted to get to being a journalist. And and now I get to do what I love. And I'm, I'm very, very lucky to do that. And so now I write sort of a mixture of first person pieces. I interview everyone I find super interesting, like yourself. Oh, um, you. I get to talk to the people that I massively look up to and admire. I write... Um, a a fitness advice column where I get sort of the top experts to offer their advice to readers and talk about my own journey and that's kind of the nice thing is that I've I've been able to because I've been on like a fitness journey for sure which I'm sure we'll talk about and like it's been really nice to kind of bring readers and followers along with that with everything I'm learning and just sort of pass pass on all the knowledge. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I honestly, there's so many different ways we can take this chit chat, but let's go from how you went from kind of studying languages to getting into your fitness journey and going from, you know, the lifestyle and relationship type stuff you were doing previously into the fitness industry, because it's quite a different thing, you know, going from fashion and lifestyle to fitness. Yeah, massively. Um, It's kind of a funny one. I actually look back now on some of the articles I wrote 
you know, early in my career that were sort of about fitness and nutrition and stuff. And I look back now and okay, yes, the whole industry has evolved and culture has changed. But I look back on what I wrote then and I'm like, oof, I would not write that now. Like I know so much more. And I'm like, oof. But this is, you know, things like that happen, don't they? We live and learn. So it was everything kind of kickstarted when I was at the independent and my editor said to me, I think we should do a feature where you go and learn to lift weights. Ha ha, that'd be interesting. And so I basically organized with one of uh, London's top personal trainers, this guy called Rich Tidmarsh, he's brilliant. He basically gave me a six week personal training introduction to lifting weights, taught me all the main moves, taught me about macros and how to eat for fitness. And, you know, the idea was that it would just be something I'd do for that six weeks and then write about my experience, what I learned, if it changed my body. But lo and behold, I was absolutely hooked and then could not look back. And that, you know, that was nearly four years ago now. And now, you know, I absolutely love weightlifting it's kick-started this massive sort of epiphany around fitness and around food and my relationship with my body and because before that I was in the place of so many women I was a bit overweight I thought I wasn't a fitness person I thought I wasn't an exercise person I thought exercise was about burning off food I thought it had to be endless cardio I thought it was punishment I, I'd been, I'd yo-yoed all over the place. I tried clean eating. I try, and when I, I mean, you know, when I say clean eating, I mean like doing the like vegan, cutting out sugar, cutting out dairy, cutting out carbs. I'd done all that. I'd done the 5-2 diet. I'd done the cabbage soup diet. I'd done alkaline eating. I'd done all this stuff. And my, my weight had yo-yoed so much over the years and you know, just was not in a good place at all. I would overeat and I'd restrict and then I was drinking too much. And it was, it was all quite messy, but I'll be honest with you, the nutrition, I didn't really get in check for a while. I sort of developed this love of fitness and lifting weights first. And so, cause after I did that six week training thing, I was like, I want to carry on with this. Like, it feels really cool to be strong. And, um, you know, so I did, but I was still kind of living a very, I was quite a party girl because in this industry, you get invited to all sorts of swanky things and people are giving you free cocktails and cupcakes all the time and like, oh, it's such a hard life. Oh, um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I was, I was carrying a bit of extra weight. Like I wasn't like, you know, massively overweight, but I was not, I was not really looking after myself and my body reflected that. And it was uh, well, two and a quarter or so years ago now that I was like, I, I feel sluggish. I feel, I don't feel good. I'm not looking after myself. I need to make a change. And that was just kind of on my own. I decided to um, really consciously work on improving my relationship with food, kind of re-educate myself around portion sizes, what my body need, started developing a new, much more mindful relationship with alcohol. I, I, I like to call myself sober curious because I'm, I'm mindful. I don't, I don't drink much anymore. Um, or it's about kind of picking and choosing when it's worth it and not just drinking for the sake of it because it's there. Um, 
And so, yeah, that kind of was a really good experience for me. I, I went back to tracking calories and focusing on my protein um, for a while. I, I, had, I was nervous to do that because I had first counted calories as a teenager and it, it, it got obsessive. And so I was nervous to go back to that. However, I came at it very differently this time because I had that experience before. I was much more self-aware. You know, I knew like that I had this obsessive side that I needed to look out for and keep in check. I knew I needed to be, you know, more relaxed, not let it control my life. And actually it ended up being brilliant because it really helped me break down the notion of there being good foods and bad foods. Cause I was just like, well, you know, I can, I can eat a donut. And then it's like, well, that's just still kind of can be part of your calories for the day. Like it's not, doesn't make you a bad person. Um, and so, yeah. And then kind of, I, I, I lost a bunch of weight uh, two years ago. Um, and then I've kind of just been, been pretty happy since like, you know, little fl fluctuations up and down and, um, gosh, that was a really long answer. Oh my gosh. I, I was listening. I was soaking it all up. I love it. There's so much I want to pick apart in that. I don't even know where to start. I feel like I should have been taking notes. But anyway, first of all, how amazing that it just started from like a six week. Like, oh, you know, I really just want to try this, see how it goes. And you got hooked. I absolutely love that because it is addicting once you find something that you enjoy doing and you do it out of like a passion and a love, then the results don't really matter. Like you didn't have to focus on your nutrition. Then you were working out because you liked how it made you feel. And I think that's where I connect as well, because I was on my journey for about three years where I was not changing anything in my nutrition. I was just working out because I loved it. And then I went through the phase that you went through of all the fad diets. But I think you would definitely get the trophy out of the two of us for who had the most fad diets. I had not even heard of some of them. Oh, my God. So yeah. bad. That, that wasn't even all of them. Like, oh, so oh my. But I, I actually think like what you're saying is really right. Like I think there's quite a lot to be said for not trying to attack and tackle like changing your nutrition and changing a whole new way of working out at once because it's a lot. Like it's arguably it's kind of better to do it in a way like find how you love to move and just like find that for the love of it because that then allows you to like so many people when they want to lose weight think they need to punish themselves doing hit workouts or whatever it is and then like I mean that's kind of the thing that I'm most passionate about is helping people realize that exercise and movement is not punishment but it, it that's hard to break down it really is and I think I noticed something on your Instagram you posted the other day, maybe yesterday you had, you know, some donuts and then you're working out and you said, but no, I'm not working out to burn off the donuts. I'm working out because I like it or love it. And I think that's really important as well. When someone wants to lose weight, I'm sure you've probably had a lot of questions through your advice column from people that when they want to lose weight, the first thing they think of is, okay, I'm going to do endless amounts of cardio and I'm just going to cut out any kind of food that I love. And this is a reoccurring thing. Even now in 2021, it happens every single day. I get messages like this. And I can only imagine the kinds of questions you get through the advice column as well. So 
In terms of learning about your nutrition and being able to fit in foods that you love, when you were younger and you said that you were counting calories, was that kind of like you just jumped down to low calories? You didn't track macros or anything like that. You didn't know any of that. You were just you just heard about calories. Exactly, exactly. I was I was young. I was about seventeen, and I was like, I I think I should lose weight. And the funny thing was, was way back then. I mean, I'm twenty eight now. Way back then. I don't think I'd even kind of got this. I knew there were, you know, healthier foods and less healthy foods, but I hadn't really had that message of carbs are bad into me. So I, I, I dropped my calories and now looking back, I'm like, that was so low. Like, what was I doing? Well, I didn't know any better. And so I dropped my calories super low, but I was also doing this thing of like earning them back and people listening can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. So I would, you know, go on the cross trainer for an hour to, to earn myself back 400 calories or something. And at the time, I never did anything like drastic, like skip. I didn't skip any meals. I didn't cut out any food groups. But, you know, I was eating smaller portions and it, it became obsessive. And I was just I then I then did it too much. And then I was underweight. And at the time I was like my body just looked way too thin as well because I had no muscle. Yeah. Wow. It's so crazy to hear how everyone starts on their fitness journeys, but now you are able to eat your donuts and do workouts that you love, which is awesome. Yes. Which is awesome. There's honestly so much I could relate to in your story as well. So now in your day-to-day life, like how do you do everything? I mean, you're in lockdown, right? So there's no gyms. Yeah. I've not been to the gym for nearly four months now. It makes me really sad. I miss it a lot. I'm um I I'm I'm doing all right with like I have some home gym equipment. I have one pair of dumbbells, but like it's only 20 kg. I don't know if you guys use kg or pounds, yeah. but I've got like a few two tens and like there's only so much you can do with that. It's a lot better than nothing. And I have like some bands and stuff, and I'm trying to work on like improving my cardiovascular fitness and you know, I'm still keeping active and I don't, I don't mind my home workouts, but I do miss the gym. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I was the same with lockdown. Like we love the gym. So when that's yeah. taken away from you, it's really hard to adapt to that mentally and physically, but I actually ended up enjoying doing my home workouts. Like by the end of it, I was definitely ready for the gym and I'm sure you are too. Yeah. But when you went into lockdown, how did you find your relationship with food and exercise as well? Because a lot of people are still in lockdown and they'll still be in lockdown for a while around the world. So when it came to the lockdown, like, how did you feel about that? And how, like, do you have any tips for anyone else that is currently in a lockdown, really struggling with their relationship with food and exercise? Yeah, it's a funny one. Cause I think people can be affected by these things in one of two ways, because the one thing I have to be careful of in myself is that, because I live alone and in lockdown, there's no, the only socializing you can do is go on a walk with someone. Uh, Although my sister is my bubble, you're allowed a bubble if you live alone in the UK. And so I do go and like have meals with her at her house and she comes here. But like, ultimately there's no kind of parties or dinners or, you know, going out for brunch or anything. And so what like I have to be careful about is making sure that I don't get stressed out about, oh God, what about when we, go back to eating out like am I gonna go crazy on food or something and then I'm like this is an irrational thought I don't need to stress about this 
uh, my whole life I've been you know going and enjoying my social life with friends and you need to remember that like life is for living and that's not worth stressing over and it's all about balance and sometimes I think there's like that niggling voice in the back of your head and then I but then I think for other people it can be a case of if when you're in lockdown it's like there's nothing to do but eat it's eating 20,000 packs of biscuits and it's like it's been quite I'm quite a routine person so it's kind of been quite easy for me in lockdown to be like making my healthy meals, doing my meal prep, doing my workouts most days. And like, I'm quite, I quite, I'm not saying I like lockdown by any means, but I'm someone who thrives on routine. So like the nerve wracking thing at this point for me is coming out of lockdown. But I think you have to take a step back and be like, wait a minute, the whole of life before this was before lockdown and it was fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think we have to kind of be kind to ourselves because the past year, there've been so many like life changes. Our whole existences have changed and changed again and changed again and changed back and changed back. And like that is hard. And I think it's quite normal for people to kind of, when things feel out of your control, to think I need to try and control something, I'm gonna control my food. And you have to be quite self-aware as if you're being too controlling and that's getting unhealthy. And I also think that there's also been a real issue with no one's going out and seeing people, but everyone's on social media all the time. It's this comparison thing. And half of people being like, oh my God, we're leaving lockdown. I need to lose weight. And half of people being like, look at all these marathons I ran in lockdown. And then people feeling like, I'm not doing all this. I'm not doing any of this. And like, some people are struggling a lot with their mental health. And I think the comparison game is dangerous. So I think everyone just has to kind of remember to take a step back and, you know, look at what you've achieved you've made it through a really tough year yeah definitely I totally agree and I think when it comes to comparing yourselves to anyone else on social media whether you're in lockdown or not like it's never ever going to make you feel any better and that's something I am so passionate about because I've been there before you know like obviously competing in bikini you're stepping on a stage to be judged by yeah. someone it, it's a mind-blowing uh I guess idea that someone yeah. would want to step on a stage and be judged based on how they look but I'm addicted to it and I love it but I always do it out of a place of my own motivation to look better than I did before I don't care what anyone else looks like I don't care who's on the stage that day as long as I know that I put in the work to be there and it's about you versus you and I think that applies to everything else in life whether it's with you and writing whether it's with uh, me and my business and things like that as well so I definitely think like that quote says comparison is the thief of all joy completely completely yeah. I gotta say like I am quite in awe of people who compete in bikini competitions and you know bodybuilding competitions I um I really respect like what the, the, the discipline required like I have no desire to do it but I, I I respect it yeah I love that I think like you can look at someone and what they're doing and you can respect what they're doing and love what they're doing but at the same time think mm, that's not for me and that's like how I feel when people are running marathons I'm like, good on you you go girl but I'm never gonna do that like I yeah. don't have a passion for that but talk to me about I mean when you said routine when someone says they love routine me too and I feel like that 
I, I just think you have to kind of in some way love routine in order to be successful in what you're doing in life because I get a lot done when I have my 4.30 a.m. routine and I have certain things I do throughout the day and I structure it so that you can get everything done in the day. Otherwise, life's just, obviously, if you're in lockdown, it's not like social events can take over your life. But otherwise, you're going to get very distracted by everything that pops up. So what's your usual routine look like in lockdown then just to help give others some ideas? Yeah, sure. It's not very exciting. Um I mean, you, it, it sort of depends. I'm not like an early riser by choice, but sometimes I wake up early and then I do sometimes do a workout before work. And that actually does always leave me feeling pretty good. But on days I don't do that, I'll pretty much just kind of get up, try and have a bit of time at least to, you know, take some deep breaths, enjoy my cup of tea, um, drink a load of water as well. Um, make myself a delicious breakfast. I love breakfast. I don't understand people who skip breakfast. I could never, well, I guess if you're not hungry in the morning, fine, but I always wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, breakfast time. <laughs> um, love breakfast. And then I basically sit down at my desk and work, but I always um, go out for a walk at lunch unless it's, you know, pouring down with rain. And then I usually, to be honest with you, do my workouts after work because I actually, um, I love that kind of, often, you know, my job can be quite stressful. And often I leave the day and I'm like, feeling quite like a, a heightened sense of stress or anxiety. And I, I spend all day looking forward to my workouts. It's not something that I'm like, oh God, I've got to do this now. I'm like, yay, time to put on my favorite moves and make myself feel strong. And so I, I actually usually love doing that at the end of the day and it's not it's not like super late I'll do my workout at like 5 30 or 6 or something depending on when I can log off um and and yeah so that I love doing that and I love doing that and I'll do different things depending on how I feel like I, I, I do different types of workouts um and it, it always just makes me feel fab and I, I love doing it it doesn't feel it's not something that I only feel good afterwards I actively enjoy doing it and that's kind of how I know I'm doing the right things. Um, so I do that. Then it's basically shower, dinner, and Netflix. Ah, <laughs> and, I love it. Yeah. And that's my days at the moment. But it's it's fine. It's yeah. perfectly fine. It's, it's enjoyable. Good. It's so interesting to hear that you like to do your workouts at the end of the day because it's like your stress relief. Whereas I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to work out. Let's go. It's leg day at like 4.30 in the morning. My first words on leg day usually are like, oh, morning, Ross. Oh, it's leg day. It's That's squats so day. Oh dear. But it's so, so interesting funny. to hear different people's routines. And obviously lockdown is going to be different to your usual routine as well. Yeah. But I did notice something when I was, I was having a little read up of you online. I noticed that you did an article. Uh, I, I'm not going to remember the date here, but it said something like you lost 30 pounds in six months. I think I was 35, actually. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. So why did you do this article? What was this about? How did you do it? Because I'm sure a lot of people, like, they go and search you up and they see that. They'll think, oh, my gosh, what did you do? Yeah, that's it. So this was like the two years ago when I was working on my relationship with food and decided I wanted to lose weight. It's a funny one because I never, I didn't go into that thinking, oh, this will be a great article. Um, I, I, um, 
I had just like I said I decided that my relationship with food wasn't good I was eating to a place of feeling really unwell quite often I didn't feel like myself anymore um I was I actually I did um I hadn't weighed myself for a very long time and before Christmas I did this like body scan which also showed me my weight and I was a bit taken aback to be honest with you I was like huh okay that's that's a higher number than I thought and like it's not necessarily that you know losing weight makes you a better person or makes you happier by any means but I knew I was feeling lost and I knew I wasn't looking after myself because my weight had crept up and I felt a bit blah um and so I was like okay let's let's sort this out and so I I uh I put myself uh, I lowered my calories but not I started tracking my calories and I was aiming for a pretty decent protein intake and it wasn't a drastic calorie deficit I didn't do the like earning your calories back with you know uh what's it you know it's like you exercise and you burn calories and calories and yeah I didn't do any of that because I know for I know like that actually a activity trackers wildly overestimate how many calories you've burned b I'm just so it over the scheme of the calories you burn in the day just by like walking around and keeping your body functioning the actual calories you burn in your workout is not much and like I'm just I I think it that puts you in quite a damaging mindset as well of like exercising to burn calories which is not what I'm about because I I was like I want to lose fat but I didn't want to lose my strength and my muscle because I had already spent two years lifting weights or whatever and getting really strong. Um, quite interestingly though, when I did lose this weight and I sort of revealed the muscle underneath, everyone was like, oh my God, have you suddenly got into fitness? And I was like, no, I have been actually really strong for ages. You just didn't think it because all my muscle was insulated. And I was like, you're judging anyway um and so I the the pounds gradually came off and it was just it, I didn't do anything particular everyone's like what diet did you follow and I was like I didn't I just ate a bit less kept my protein high to keep me satiated to you know we know we know the reasons for eating yeah. plenty of protein and um I you know drank less ate a bit less yeah you know kept active kept resistance training and then I guess maybe after about five months, I'd lost around 30 pounds or something. And and it wasn't, I hadn't really told people that I was doing this, but I did, I decided I was like, and I'd been doing progress pictures, you know, every month. And I was like, okay, these actually look quite like, quite, it's quite a big change here. And I like undenied a lot, but then ultimately I posted it on Instagram which is terrifying. Um, but, you know, I got a really nice response. And one of my editors who follows me on Instagram saw it and was like, I think if you're comfortable with it, you should write about this. And I was like, okay. So then I, I wrote about it and it did really well. And then it kind of kickstarted like a really nice loyal following of people kind of following my articles about my fitness journey. And um you know, I've been kind of sharing things I've learned ever since. And, and that's been really nice. And because, you know, uh, it, it has been nearly two years since I did that. And I lost that uh, main chunk of weight. And 
you know, you, you carry on learning, don't you? It's not like, it's not like this is a before and after and and after is just, okay, now it's done. You, you know, the, you're always still learning and getting better and making more progress and it's, it's all, it's all good. Wow. That is amazing. I think that is so cool. Just that you thought, you know what, I'm just going to start tracking my calories. I'll see how it goes. And you are so, one thing I've learned from you in this podcast is how self-aware you are. And I think that's so important because a lot of people, I even put it on my pod, uh, on my stories the other day, I said, do you believe that you're self-aware? And a lot of people said no. And I think self-awareness uh, in all areas of life is so important. It's important to be able to like stop, look at what you're doing, whether it's fitness, business, anything, and think like, is this what, like, does this feel right? Is this what I should be doing? Do I need to change something? And a lot of people aren't self-aware. Do you feel like you've been self-aware your whole life or have, has it been something you've had to learn? Yeah, no, it's definitely not been, I, I really think it comes with age. Um, and like, I just think the older you get, the better you know yourself, the better you know your tendencies, the better you know your habits, the better you know what to look out for. I do think doing things like journaling can help or writing a diary and then, because it kind of makes you reflect. And like one thing that I have found really useful when it comes to, you know, trying to lose fat or, you know, because I have, you know, since that main weight loss phase, I've like come back to tracking at different points when I've wanted to kind of rein things in or whatever. And I find it very helpful to, at the end of the day to write down my like daily wins, like three wins or something, because maybe there's a day where I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't originally plan to have that the slice of cake and it took me over my calories and and sometimes I think it's when you get into that spiraling negative mindset that things can derail and then you're like ah I've messed everything up and and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong but the, so I find that by every day writing down your wind you're like okay wait a minute you had one piece of cake and you really enjoyed it you didn't have like three pieces of cake and you still ate your five a day and you still went for a walk and you still got a good workout and then you, st you still drank plenty of water. You did all these great things. And then it, you go to bed feeling like, ah, yeah, that was good actually. Yeah, good for me. And I ate that piece of cake and it doesn't make me a bad person. Cool, I'm doing great. And like every, I think every time you think about things like that, you become more self-aware and okay, maybe you have a day where actually you revert back to your overeating tendencies and you overdo it. And being more self-aware, you stop and think like, hmm, wonder what it was that made me do that today. Not in a way that's like, oh my God, I hate myself, I'm a terrible person. You just kind of stop and think, okay, what did I do there and why? And how can we work on that? So I do think it's a conscious thing. You have to work at it, but it is also something that I think you just get better at the older you get. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Again, so many things in that I love. <laughs> I think the daily wins is an amazing, amazing thing that you were doing as well. So do you do this? You literally write it down every day? Yeah. Wow. Nearly yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people could take away from that and also take it on to do it themselves because obviously as a coach, I do get some emails and things from people saying similar things like, oh, you know, I went out to a family dinner and I ate this and that and they're stressing out over these little things. And I think what people don't realize is that this was one night or this was one piece of cake in a whole week. You have maybe 28 meals in a week. Mm 
it was one out of that 28 or maybe you had two meals off and then over the course of a year like if you were to keep consistently progressing you're still going to progress but I think people have this idea of a massive timeline whether it's you know oh I'm coming out of lockdown and I've got to got to be fit for lockdown reveal I don't know lockdown reveal and I think it's a lot of pressure that people put on themselves especially with women like I watched that I'm not sure if you would have watched it yet or if you will watch it the Demi Lovato doc mini doco on YouTube yeah I haven't actually watched it but I've seen some of like the lines around that have come out from what she said yeah and so the reason why I mentioned that was because she was just saying uh when she'd get the outfit that she was going to wear on stage the sketches that they draw to give her of what the outfit looked like would be on like these 10 feet, super tiny, skinny models. Like how can you even relate to wanting yeah. to wear an outfit they've, they've drawn a picture of, of some super tall model when you know, you're struggling yourself with weight gain and things like that. And I think it's just a lot of pressure for women to try and you know fit this mold. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I think we are so harsh on ourselves, which is why I always kind of say to people, who are you know trying to lose weight or lose fat or body recomp or whatever it is like try and aim for 80 percent consistency hit your calories 80 percent of the time you know you jordan syatt who maybe you know he's awesome. brilliant for fat loss advice he always says like if the methods aren't sustainable the results won't be either and for your lifestyles to be sustainable you need to be able to go to birthday parties and do this that and the other and have those moments where you're not gonna hit your calories and it it doesn't matter because you've got to be able to live your life and there's no rush because if you are really strict with yourself and cut out everything and have no fun in your life then okay you might lose weight quicker but you're not going to keep it off and if a diet only worked for a bit it didn't work yeah definitely I love that yeah so I think for in terms of that so a lot of people argue that calorie counting is I guess they'll say that it's no good and it's not sustainable and I would love to hear your opinions on because obviously I track macros and I have my squad tracking calories but I personally understand that it's not for everyone and it's not a long-term thing it's something that I want people to do for at least three to six months so that they understand the nutrition and what they're putting into their body so that later on you know you can go out and you can understand like oh I can have a piece of cake I'm not going to eat the whole cake but I can still still eat this and enjoy I mean I completely agree with your approach I completely agree like it's not for everyone and if you have disordered eating habits or history with eating disorders maybe you just need to avoid at all costs you I do think it's brilliant for re-educating yourself around portion size learning what what your body needs and I do think what I actually hate is the fact that I think my fitness pal is great it's free and whatever but like if you put in that you want to lose a pound a week it puts like everyone on 1200 calories or something which is no one's calories should be that low okay disclaimer I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist but from everyone I've spoken to the experts everyone says no one's calories should ever be that low um and so I think you have to you have to you know be aware of yourself and know that it's 
you don't have to be unless you are doing like a competition where you need to be like dialed in completely the average person doesn't need to like weigh every lettuce leaf or like you know and you you probably can't really live your life trying to weigh everything and track and log everything religiously but for to do it generally I think you learn so much and for me it works really well because as you may be getting the impression I'm quite like a planner I'm organized I'm structured I like to know that like it's just science I hit these numbers the results come easy peasy like it's just it's just a scientific thing yeah like it just it's just like a calculation like woohoo love it um it's just like if I follow this this will happen cool um and so I I do think it's a brilliant tool provided it doesn't stress you out and like you say it's not meant to be something you do forever it's it's meant to be something that you you it's an educational tool that you can then come back to you know it's always in your back pocket you know that if you like want to rein things in a bit or you know reset you can always come back to it you can do it on and off like it's a tool it's not something to live your life by yeah definitely so for Ross and I we both have been counting calories for a long time and when you said you know you like to be about 80% on track so yeah I'm about the same I always aim for about 80% because I've gone to a place where I really like where I am I'm not looking to lose weight I'm not looking to gain weight I just want to you know sit here and get strong but when I'm doing something like a competition prep it is that 100 percent on point weighing everything there's no you know you're weighing your vegetables and everything has to be to a t otherwise you can't really progress consistently as much as you need to obviously but that is a very extreme condition and i have spoken about it many times before saying that i don't believe that the level of lean that you get to for a competition is sustainable or is something I'd even want anyone else to set as a goal. It's just a very extreme thing. So when it comes to your nutrition now, how do you find, like, how are you finding everything in terms of your relationship with food? Like, have you never been to a therapist for any of this stuff? You just were self-aware? Yeah, no, I've never been to a therapist. To be honest with you, I I would love to. It's, it's not something I've, it's expensive. So expensive. Um, and there's really long waits to like go on the NHS, whatever. And I don't, I'm not, there'd be way people who are way higher priority than me, but I, I would actually love to um, because I'm sure there's a lot I could break down, but I think we all could, I think all women and, you know, probably most men have like quite messed up relationships with food and our bodies because of how we're conditioned by society. Like I've been on a massive journey to re-change like everything in my brain and how I think about my body. And it's still hard. I still feel a pressure of being like, I would be better if I was smaller. And I still have to fight that message and be like, no, that is not correct. It's not my job on this planet to take up as little space as possible. And largely I'm, I'm way past that, but you still get it sometimes. And like, so I, at the start of this year, I, to be honest with you, I'd gained a bit of weight towards the end of last year because I'd I'd been to Barbados for best part of a month long story um and I you know it'd been Christmas and I just kind of been relaxed and living my life and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna rein it in a bit so yeah first few months of this year I I did go back to tracking loosely lost a little bit and now I'm like cool 
let's let's eat some more now and like gym's gonna reopen let's really focus on my progress in the gym and that's kind of how I'm I am with it I'm just like I try I really try and you know see food as fuel because I really care about my fitness and I really want to I mean, God knows if I can still deadlift anything. Oh, but no, it will come back. Muscle memory, I'm sure. I know. And I do think actually one thing we've really learned over the past year is you can maintain strength a lot better than you think. You don't suddenly lose everything. Um, but I really am in a place where I'm like, I really want to focus on that and really crush it. Um, and I'm so now I'm like, I'm, I'm going to eat to fuel to fuel that I want to build some muscle, I want to build some strength. It's such a different mindset. And you can tell, like, obviously, it comes from experience, a lot of people that will listen to this and that follow me, you know, it ranges anywhere from maybe like 16 through till about maybe 50 or so. And I think mm. there'll be a lot of people that are still in their early 20s because I'm 27 now. So there'll be a lot of people in their early 20s that have gone through or probably still going through the fat diet situation. So if you could, I guess, going back 10 years to when you're 18 or maybe to anyone that's around their 18 to 20s, what advice would you give them for them? I guess just in life, you know, you've, you've come from life, you've come from relationships, you've got fitness background. So, you know, Drop some little gems of advice for your 18-year-old self. Oh, I mean, personally, I would say stop thinking you need to do cardio because you don't enjoy it. Um, I just think it's a hard lesson to actually learn, but I, I truly believe that there is a way of moving that, that is for everyone. It might not be that lifting weights is what you love. It might not be, but there is something you love. Maybe it's rock climbing, maybe it's roller skating, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's netball. Like there is something because we are designed to move and you need to just keep trying more things. You don't have to force yourself to do the things you don't enjoy. Um, so I think that is really important. And I, I think it's just really important also to try and disassociate exercise and movement with weight loss. And I, I'm, it's nothing wrong with having aesthetic goals. I just think it, it probably shouldn't be your, your main motivator because we know as well that aesthetic change takes time. And if, if you're working out only to change how your body looks you're probably going to give up before you see the change you want because it takes a long time to build muscle or whatever it is if you're like okay I'm going to do loads of squats because I want to get a booty like this girl on Instagram who's just got the camera at a brilliant angle and actually doesn't look like that most of the time if that's your reasoning it's not going to happen um and so you'll quit and I just think it's 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 it does come back again to that comparison thing and taking a step back and being like what makes me feel good what makes me feel good I'm gonna do those things not what I think I should be doing but also health is important so kind of do the things you should be doing to be healthy like eat your vegetables <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, eat your veggies, everyone. No, so I think that a lot of people, you know, if you're coming from a place in which you're extremely overweight and you've never had any kind of fitness background, it can be so overwhelming to look at what's out there and know what to do. So with what Rachel's just said, you know, it could just be that you're going to get off the couch and go for a walk and just start by moving your body because our bodies are designed to move. But I think some people in their mindset, they have this, I guess, a self-fulfilling, uh, is it self-fulfilling idea? The idea that I don't like weightlifting. I don't like exercising. I don't like, and they have this um, negative attitude towards moving their body and I think a lot of your fitness journey comes from the mindset side of things like you have to work on your mindset so how have you worked on your mindset do you read do you like podcasts you mentioned yeah I love podcasts listen to a lot of those or like most lunch times I will go on my walk and I'll listen to podcasts um yeah this is the thing like if you don't work on your mind as much as your body, I, I don't think any change will last either. Um, and this is like an example of where the writing down your daily wins is really helpful because it's about your mindset. Um, it's also, I just think people need to be kinder to themselves on their you know journeys because otherwise, if you're gonna beat yourself up for not being perfect, also perfect doesn't even exist um then you're not gonna get very far and so I just think to work on your mindset you have to be self-aware you have to reflect um and it takes time you don't change your your mindset and your habits overnight like when I was really trying to work on my overeating tendencies I messed up a lot and I, I you don't suddenly go from overeating regularly to never overeating again and I say overeating not binge eating because binge eating is like an, a real disorder and it wasn't that um and it, it's not like I suddenly went from that to uh never doing it or it's not like I went from seeing you know foods as good or bad to not at all that takes a lot of time and work and you have to know that and be kind to yourself along the way. And God, it's actually another Jordan Syatt gem that really helped me is he always says, you can't mess this up. Well, actually he used a stronger word than mess. Yes. But it's, um, I think that's really helpful to remember because again, it's like when you mess up in, in quote marks, um, a lot of people then give up. But as, it's something you always say as well, like, just you've got to be consistent and keep going. And if you don't quit, you'll reach your goals. And I think yeah. that's a really important message. Yes. And I think that's the perfect place to end there because I could talk to you all day long, literally, since it's only 6am. But honestly, I think that's the thing. I think you start your journey, you start small with what you can, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's swapping out the fizzy drinks for water. And from there, even if you do have these little quote mark you know slip ups mess ups you just keep going you write down those daily wins at the end of the day don't focus on all the negative things reflect on what may have caused them but then pick yourself up and move on and I think one thing that you said that I also work on with clients as well as you said you know if someone does have an overeating situation you 
you don't make them feel like a bad person. You're kind to them. They need to be kind to themselves. And you just ask them like, what actually caused this? Because there usually is a reason for everything we do in life. And I think it's just important to be self-aware and think, you know what? Did you have a stressful conversation that day? Were you feeling emotional? Is it your period tomorrow? <laughs> like, you know, we all have like a lot of different things that will trigger different emotions in us. And I think it's important to at least be able to reflect and eventually you will become self-aware. And I think it's self-awareness is an awesome thing you've really worked on as well. Yeah, massively. And like, I, I, I like, I could talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hello. Oh dear. But honestly, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us for the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people will have benefited from this. So where can they find you on social media? Oh, thank you, Anduli. Um, best place probably to find me is Instagram, where it's at Rachel underscore Hosey. Um, Hosey is spelled H-O-S-I-E. If you're on Twitter, I also have the same handle. And from either of those places, you can find my author page and all my articles. I'm regularly sharing them on my stories. And yeah, come over and say hi. Yes, and I'll put your links in the description for this podcast as well. And if you guys did enjoy this, please remember to take a screenshot, share it on your stories and tag us so that we can repost you. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Bye.